we go. Perfect. <clears throat> so there we are. Just like that, we're live. We are. This is this is the real deal, baby. This is it, man. Joey, thank you for jumping on. I appreciate it. It's been a while since we talked. Absolutely, man. Uh, I mean, it, it has been a while, but I always feel like we see each other because social media and stuff. Uh, we're both getting after it with our lives. So it's cool to see what you're doing. You see what I'm doing. And then I just love having these conversations and getting to catch up and also people get to hear the things we're saying. So it provides value to everybody. And really, it's just a great way for us to catch up, too. Absolutely. And, and a lot of the things that you're working on that I think are really, really cool are you're doing more seminars at your space. You're working with lacrosse teams now. You're working with youth athletes, college athletes. Like it's it's really cool to see the differentiation of content in your world and like the things that you're putting out and, and the, you know, the, the groups of people that you're working with. And I think that's one of the coolest things that you've done over the last few years is to be able to work with these younger athletes and to be able to give them not only a solid foundation of like sports performance and training, but you, I know you as a person, you are teaching these kids really like hardcore life lessons that are going to help them for years to come. I try, man. You know, uh, I think working with high school specifically, uh, you know, it's a learning curve in itself because you're dealing with so many different personalities. You have, you know, all different kids, how to communicate with them, how to coach with them. Uh, and really for me, man, it's just, I like these experiences because it forces me out of my comfort zone to learn new things. And it all comes full circle for myself and hopefully the, the kids as well, because just like you said, um, with my coaching philosophy, obviously we're teaching them how to be better on the field, you know, and, and specifically their sport. But I always try to piggyback that with everything that I'm trying to teach you will transcend after that in life and, you know, trying to build those good characteristics and qualities that are going to set them up for success in the future. Uh, but super blessed, man. At the same time, it's, it's been a big learning curve for me and I love learning. So it's a lot of trial and error, seeing what works, what doesn't work. You know, I come from a strength sport background with coaching primarily. So getting into the athletic performance side of things has been me trying to just accumulate a lot of resources and try different things, experimentation. Uh, you know, I was an athlete myself, uh, but that, you know, it's been since college, basically, you know, so we're talking over 10 years. So trying to change gears a little bit is, is just like you said, a, a, a new experience for me, but, uh, but I'm pumped about it. Yeah. Now in terms of it's like some of those resources, right. Is there, like things that you've, you've taken extra courses, read what, like more books, like what sort of things have you kind of dove into over the last several months to kind of prep yourself for that? Because I know for me, a lot of the people that listen to this are, are always looking for more resources, right? Books to read, people to follow, you know, information to gather. What sort of resources have you been kind of using over the last, oh, and there's a cat. There's literally a cat. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> there she is. I told you. Now it's a cat party. Yeah, you go with the question. I'll wrestle this cat. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, so um, I've actually been go. really lucky with my coaching staff here at the gym. Uh, one of my former coaches full-time ran um, a performance gym that was actually, you know, like a couple, uh, maybe like 15 miles away or so. And then he did the strength training stuff at the Lion's Den. Uh, so I was able to pick his brain a bit on how he handles the athletes and sports performance side of things, which is great. And then I recently just got a fantastic hire who works uh, with Drexel, Millersville, and uh, somewhere in Maine, uh, I, I believe. I forget what, what school it was. Maybe it was just Maine. But um, he's uh, you know, a, a college performance coach. So it's been great to utilize their resources just from firsthand being able to talk with them. Uh, I will say – a name that I do hear pop up a lot is going to be uh, Boyle. So I have bought some of Boyle's books and I've been kind of reading through them. I also do have an Olympic lifting background. So I've been kind of trying to pull from different aspects of training, you know, figuring out things that I like, how can I mesh in maybe some sort of Olympic lifting along with the Boyle principles, along with some foundational strength stuff. Uh, so there's a, a lot of mixture going on. I mean, we talk about, you know, juggernaut training systems. You got stuff in articles that were from Elite FTS. You know, I've got stuff that I, I've learned from you. I have another guy in the UK that was a client of mine who's a clinician and also, um, you know, a coach. So what's really cool about 
you know, what we do is being able to just meet these people and pretty much develop relationships with them and then be able to sort out kind of knowledge that we want to put in our melting pot. Um, I'm still trying to learn as much as I can. So when it comes to that stuff, there are names, you know, that I probably don't know of just yet. Um, you know, I, I, I'm close with Pat Davidson. So, you know, he's got some stuff out there that, that I like. And I'm just trying to kind of figure out my system and approach to it while taking things that I know are proven in work and implement them and just see how the athletes respond. Mm. Yeah. And, and I think that that's one of the coolest things about, you know, again, what I've seen you been doing is, is you are, you are just kind of jumping into it and like learning as you go, like gaining that experience, which I think for a lot of coaches is something that can be kind of pushing them away from opportunities because they're like, Oh, I, I, I'm nervous about this. What if I'm not, you know, like they get just in their own way. And I think from, you know, the conversations that me and you have had, but also, just from watching you transition from Olympic weightlifting to strongman, like you are not afraid to just get in the middle of it, like get in the mix. And I think that's one of the best attributes for a coach is to like, we're going to learn this by doing right. Like in the medical world, surgeons, they see one, do one, teach one. Right. So it's the mm -hmm. same sort of idea is you're not only, you know, developing yourself as a coach and as an athlete, but you're also helping develop, other coaches, which then makes you a better coach because now you have to kind of solidify information and streamline it, streamline it to people that may not know that information, which again is if you've, if no one's ever done it, teach somebody something, teach somebody a skill. And I can guarantee you will know that skill more after you teach them. And it's, it's phenomenal to see. And, and I, you're running more seminars at your gym. You're, you're kind of pushing your gym even more it's awesome to see because that growth in and of itself. And that's another conversation we'll have too about gyms, but to see that growth as well has been really, really cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I've just always been an advocate of staying out of your comfort zone. Uh, I think it's a blessing and a curse in the sense that if you were to ask me, you know, what's, what's my specialty um, right off the bat, I'll say I'm just passionate about strength training and getting people strong. But at the same time, I do have a pretty vast background. So it's hard for me to pinpoint, okay, like what am I an expert or a master of, uh, at the same time, I've kind of fallen in that category, you know, of having a ton of uh, different baskets and trying to, you know, figure out a good amount of knowledge in each, um, primarily because one, that's just who I am, you know, like, I play sports, I've done CrossFit, Olympic lifting, strongman, you know, I've done jujitsu to a good amount. Um, so it's, it's like, I don't want to be something I'm not. So I don't claim to be an expert really at one specific thing. I just say, hey, you know, I've done a lot of things and this is kind of what I've learned from those things. And that's kind of the clientele that I have started to captivate, right? I have gen pop clients who come to the gym. I have champion level strongmans. I've got strong men, strong men, women. I don't know where I'm strong. I don't know what the plural singular. What do you, what do you think? It's like one of the most, it's a hard term. It's a hard term. Guys. It is. All right? it is. Uh, and we're in 2023. You never know what to say. Uh, but you know, now I have athletes. So I just find it, it's, there's always something to learn, uh, which makes it interesting to me. And I find that there's even from a content creation standpoint, there's just so much stuff that I can put out there and hit different people in different ways and, and just try to take them along with my journey. That's always been my approach is like, I'm very non-dogmatic in the sense of, you know, I never have this way or, or the only way it's, you know, Hey, this is what I'm trying. This is what I'm figuring out. There's a lot I don't know. Um, but Hey, this works. Maybe this hasn't worked for me. Give it a shot for you. You know, use it if you like it, if you don't totally discard it type stuff. Mm. Yeah. It's, I really, really just like appreciate that as someone who is, you know, this is my first year in the collegiate strength and conditioning world. And it's one of those things where every day, like that, those thoughts of that self doubt is like, am I good enough to be here? Am I like, is this where I'm supposed to be? But then you get to work with the athletes on a one-on-one -on -one basis. You're helping these people just get better again, like you said, on and off the field. But it, it really like, unless you're in that situation, there are things that you, you can read in a book, but that just won't make sense until you're in that position, like how to handle a room full of 20, 30, 40 50 kids. And it's like, this isn't in any textbook, like weight room management is such a different thing dealing with like the emotions of these kids. Like they're on roller coasters every day. And now it's 
all these trains are kind of colliding in the same space and all this stuff is going on. And now you have them for an hour or 40 minutes or whatever you have them for. And it's like, now you have to get them from that chaos to an organizational system and then back out. And it's, it's amazing. Like if anybody's never run a weight room before, it's controlled chaos pretty much every single time. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's just that cliche, like, looks good on paper type deal, right? And then you get in there and you're like, all right, well, we went through a- plan A, B, and C. Uh, we weren't prepared for the next, you know, 20 plus letters in the alphabet to go through. Uh, and yeah, there's a ton of variables, right? Like, depending on where you're at, you have to share the weight room with different teams. You have a ton of people and trying to organize them and still accomplish like your goal of helping them. Uh, You know, so yeah, like you said, there's stress management type stuff going on. Like you could have schoolwork that's bugging them, relationship stuff. So like you said, it's really just being able to auto-regulate your own training uh, on the fly to be able to handle controlled chaos in a sense uh, and still have the desired outcome that you, you want to press upon them to achieve. Mm. And, and I think one of the big things is, is realizing that the program has to be malleable, right? You're looking for a training effect. You're not necessarily looking for them to use that specific tool at that right time if it's not the right tool, right? And, and I think being put in a position with high school kids, middle school kids, even college kids, like you are going to have to have that variability within each session. Because, for example, like I have my, my rowing team, like they'll come back from a practice in the morning and it looks like everybody got their dog kicked and they're just they're just dragging ass and like they don't feel good and like they're they're not recovered and if i have some heavier stuff going on it's like am i just going to now keep digging that hole that they're not going to recover from i have to get an on the fly assessment of how everybody's doing whether they're actually tired or they're kind of baby in it. We don't really know. Like, it, so it is that building that relationship and, and getting to know these people on a closer level than just you're an athlete. I'm a coach. For sure. And the two things came to mind uh, with that. So for, specifically for the athletes, I really like using RPE based training. A lot of people argue, you know, they're so young, you want to integrate them with that kind of stuff. Like obviously percentage based stuff is very pinpoint specific, Now, one of the downsides with percentage-based training is that it's a concrete number. So with that, maybe they've been practicing hard or they have external factors and stress in life, whether that's schoolwork, et cetera, um, which affects their performance, right? So if we come in and say we we want to use percent-based training, we want to do five to five at 80% for whatever lift, but I can just tell that that 80% or, or whatever it is, is really like a 90 or 95 now, well, that's not going to give us the desired training stimulus that we want. So one thing that I like to do with the boys when I, when I bring them in is just get a general consensus of like, what's our fatigue level at what's going on in school, right? Is it finals? Are they staying up all night, you know, crushing energy drinks to get through this so they can pass, you know, are they feeling pretty good? Uh, Some of the kids play extra sports, like they're playing basketball or playing hockey stuff outside. So I have to be able to, you know, control that and auto-regulate it on the fly. And and kind of my second point, I was doing work uh, with some military guys and their, their work, quote unquote, is training for, you know, five to 10 hours a day and still trying to get their workouts in. They don't perceive what they're doing as actual uh, um, exercise that could fatigue them because they deem it as work. But then when I get to look at their programs, that's basically why I was there was just kind of overview. What are they doing? How can we maybe optimize this for their, their lifestyle? Right off the bat, I'm like, okay, if you guys are doing whatever drills, you know, for five or six hours a day, which is could be, you know, uh, running, clearing, you know, rooms, buildings, that kind of stuff with all their military gear on. Well, you better bet that that's going to have some sort of fatigue you know, to their body. So when we have days like that, we need to look at our programming and have option A, B, or C in the sense of like, you know, auto-regulating so that they can still make progress. They're not overreaching with what they're doing um, and, and potentially going backwards. So it's the same thing with the athletes and with those guys. And, and the guys I work with, I pretty much deem as athletes based on their training protocols that they have. Um, that's where I think as, as a coach, kind of like you said, your point is, is understanding, you know, how to change things on the fly, um, look for the bigger picture, 
of and not being so set on like we need to do x y and z which was on paper yeah it looks good and looks great however there are a lot of other things that we need to factor in i think that's what really you know brings that art of coaching um you know into play with that scenario yeah it's that variability i don't know how many times i've written a program or had the day squared away and then they walk in and i'm like cross that off, cross that off, change this over here or adjust this, right? So I think one of the biggest takeaways of someone, if coaches are listening to this and they want to take like a really big rock home is, is understand that your training days have a goal, whether it's lower body strength, linear speed, whatever that goal, it's a big umbrella for the day. And the idea is that you want to be able to Use the effective tools that will still get that response that you're looking for, but will not damage the athlete further, especially in your case with the military guys. They don't have a brake pedal. You have to be their brake pedal because they are going to just be hard chargers the entire time. They're not going to realize what they're doing for that five, six, seven, eight hours as, as training. They don't think it, like you had said, they're not thinking it as working out or training in that regard. It's just their job. It's what they do. And it's like you as the coach have to be that governor of their effort levels. But also on the other end of it is like if you're working with like the top tier, crazy, like special forces guys is that now they have to like, like really lock in and buy in on what you're doing. So it's like, it's great for you because you're a big, beefy, bad son of a bitch. But like if if the coach didn't fit the mold, they're not going to listen to him. Like, it's just that, like, that's the whole thing too. Yeah. hundred percent. When I, uh, when I had my last trip, uh, where I was gone was, was a, a lot of those guys and right away I was like, all right, they're, they're, they're looking at me up and down right now. <laughs> like, you know, uh, I want to try to get my points across and, and also just knowing your audience is huge, right? Like, you have to assess who you're working with and know how to convey the right message to those people. Because if you don't, you have a small window where they are just not going to buy in. And I think one of the best things, especially with the athletes and you know the guys we we're just talking about is getting that trust and that buy-in a hundred percent. So that's where, like I said, knowing the audience, building the right culture uh, is huge. So like when you look at coaching, man, like, like we said earlier, there's so many different, aspects of coaching and it really is a skill um, that just takes a lot of time to to build and mold and grow and hence why I like doing the things that I do is because it throws me into different situations that oftentimes can be scary I, I'm unsure of maybe the way to go about it uh, but the more you do that the better you end, end up getting at it mm. yeah it, it's to the point now where if a, if a training session doesn't get changed, I'm looking around. I'm like, did we do everything we could? Was that, right. that did that fit? Or did people just kind of go through the motions? Right. Because it's a living, breathing thing. And, and I think that's one of the, especially you being at such an advanced level of strength athlete too, is like, I'm sure that you have th- days where you go into the gym yourself and you're like, I have to do this. And you're like, this isn't happening, but we can do this and kind of overlap a little bit of what we got going on. And even when you were down at elite, when we were there together and like talking to Dave and talking about training and when you're on the podcast, it's like that level of auto regulation is so imperative if you want to go far in whatever it is that you're doing, right? Whether it's strongman, powerlifting, you know, lacrosse, rowing, whatever it may be, understanding and having that clear sort of idea of where your body is, where that recovery is sitting, understanding is like, is this just soreness in my leg or is this like an injury or is this something I should kind of baby or should I push through? And that takes years, right? I can't imagine if you looked at a program for when you just started training to like something that you were doing, you would be able to be like, wow, this is two different people entirely. Yeah, for sure. I remember, I remember like thinking back when I was in high school, I guess started lifting when I was 13 and I just got bit by the bug. Um, that was just basic, you know, just some sort of training. So I've always been training since I was 13, but I remember in high school, you know, I'd go to football practice. We'd have two a days. I'd go to the football workout and then I'd go and go to the gym, the, the hometown gym and train for another like two hours. And, you know, looking back, obviously that was insane. At the same time though, 
I, I was able to do that because where my life was at, right? And we fast forward to today where, you know, I'm very busy. I'm on the go all the time. Um, you know, I maybe have a couple days to train and I really have to maximize that training. The other thing for me is I'm big with being around for the long haul. You know, like I go back and forth of, you know, how far could I push X? But then I look at the, the pros and cons of it. And if it's, you know, going to diminish my longevity and either things that I love to do or just life in general, I probably am not going to go that route. Um, so you have to be able to auto-regulate. And almost I look at my year as like periodizing my year in a sense, right? Where I look at like the busy season. So like right now we're in the cross season. You know, my sessions are going to be 45 minutes to an hour. It's rare if I get my old school two-hour workouts when I was training for Strongman Nationals where, you know, I could get in all my meals. I just think about training, et cetera. Like that, that's not the case anymore. Um, despite, you know, YouTube and social media, right? They're, they're thinking you should be able to do this all the time, right? And it's, it's just not the case. And, and I can talk to people who maybe you're a parent or you have a kid. Your life changes drastically, right? Those are the, the clients that I work with who are people that used to be able to hit the gym for an hour and a half, two hours. Now they have a kid. Now they're not getting much sleep. So how do we still like you said, move the needle in the right direction um, and, and make those adjustments and auto regulate things properly. So still making progress. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's a game that takes years, years to, uh, to get a hold of. I'm not saying I've mastered it at all. At times it can be frustrating, you know, where you have to mentally wrap your head around. Okay. Like, dang, I only got 45 minutes. Well, maybe we're gonna do some giant sets. Maybe we're going to, you know, uh, focus on one main lift and then more a little bit, you know, more conditioning or something like that to fit it in. So I'm still getting the stimulus that I want with the time constraints and everything else going on in my life. Yeah. And with that, it kind of circles back to the conversation that we were having about education and learning and, and all of that, because if you're an athlete and all you know is add more weight to the bar, straight bar work, add more weight to the bar. That's all I know. That's all I do. And you don't have that variability of training stimulus to kind of back into and to kind of play around with and use at certain times. Like you had said, giant sets, you know, whether it's drop sets, whether it's circuits, whether whatever, whatever it may be, if you're unaware that these other systems are there, then you're always going to be trying to force a square peg into a round hole, regardless of what's going on with you. Right. So one of the coolest parts of, you know, being able to train at elites and like be there for a while was learning all of these different modalities. It's like when you and Juji got your asses kicked, I was learning about not only the, 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 like how to push people harder in terms of intensity, but also the tools at which Dave uses to intensify something for a short term versus a long term, right? And, and understanding what the tool for the job is and, and modulating that intensity for the person. And granted, like those workouts, no one should be doing those more than friggin' like once a year, realistically. You guys were jacked up. But the point is, is like seeing all the tools, him pulling out of a toolbox of like those pauses and those tempos and those, you know, those drop sets and like all this stuff it just makes you realize like, whoa, I could program myself or I could work with clients way more efficiently to truly match the, the demands of their life, right? Outside of training and how to maximize their time in the gym. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's great you bring up the, when Juju and I were there because as much as it sucked and I wanted to absolutely die during that three and a half hour leg workout, <laughs> I was learning a lot, you know, like I was thinking, I was like, okay, how, like we're still able to push you know, three hours into a leg session, how is this possible, right? So it's like you said, looking at the modalities and tools that were used, um, exercise variations, uh, you know, stuff like that, you know, was a learning experience for me as well. And and I use that type of stuff for guys out today. Like I just had um, my videographer, he's uh, on the road all the time. You know, he has maybe 45, 50 minutes, you know, to train and he has his goals. So I sit there and I'm like, okay, well, we have X amount of days per week. We have 40 to 50 minutes. This is his goals. Okay, what are some ways I can accomplish these goals by utilizing everything that you just said? Um, but being able to have those tools in the toolbox is huge, which is why it's important for coaches to continue their education, to try things, not be afraid necessarily to try things either. Um, I myself have been someone who's been stuck in my way for some things. 
and I realized that, okay, I, I should really just give this a shot. Maybe the shot is that I learned, okay, this doesn't work, but that's still something that I've learned, you know? Um, so it's just constantly always experimentation with yourself, your clients, and uh, just kind of building that resume and putting more tools in the toolbox. And that's going to help you just continue to grow and serve others. Yeah. And, and you've been serving others for quite a while, right? I mean, this is not your first iteration of your gym. This is not the first iteration of your training facility at the lion's den, right? Like you've, you've gone from location to location, building and growing as you went. And as someone who just started their own facility, like I start, I have 1600 square feet to my name now, which is awesome, but man, it's, it's a never ending process. Granted, mine's not like a really public facility. Like I, I work with my clients there and like select groups of people just to kind of, you know, minimize just that initial brush. Cause if it was a public gym, man, I give you the utmost credit. I can't even imagine how much day to day there is just people management, facilities management, something broke, something isn't working. So-and-so is mad at so-and-so like all of the crazy stuff that when you include people in the mix, it gets nuts. So man, I, I give you the utmost credit to be able to do all the things you do, have the gym, have the YouTube coach, like you're all over the place. And I'm really kind of feeling just a small taste of that this year. And I'm like, that's why I got to get Joey on this podcast because <laughs> I, need, I need a teammate. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's uh, it, dude, it's tough, man. It's a grind. You know, like I think a lot of people maybe think that you and I just train most of our day and that's how it is. And the reality is training such a small part of my day. There's so much other stuff uh, when it comes to just the back end of things with running a business, right? Like, a lot of people think, oh, I'm really good or passionate about strength training. I should open up a, a gym. And they need to realize that running a business is completely its own set of skills. Uh, and, you know, I had to learn that, you know, going into it, right? Like I, I was kind of the guy who's passionate. I want to help all these people. I want to teach them everything I, I know. But if you don't have the business knowledge to back and support that, you're, you're going to crash and burn pretty quickly or you're going to have to learn very fast. So there's been a ton of learning involved for me with the business. You know, I've made a lot of mistakes and, you know, I, I've capitalized on things that work uh, at the same time, but yeah, man, it's nuts. Like, you know, we got the YouTube channel. We try to run all the social media stuff at the same time. We are um, a gym. We're more of a smaller family style gym. That's kind of which I take with it in the sense that I'm always going to have quality over quantity approach. You know, I don't want to be a commercial gym. Uh, and I also, for lack of better words, don't, want to set my price point low because that's going to set the expectations of what the, that price point is. So it's more of a premium price, but you're getting premium care quality with the community, the equipment, the culture, and the knowledge that we provide here, um, which to be honest with you, really helps bring in good quality people in general. And, you know, we kind of joke around here and even the members will say it like, usually those people just wean themselves out that would be kind of toxic or aren't a good fit here because we don't really tolerate that or we just make it known like that's not the kind of vibe it is here. Um, so people end up just kind of being like, all right, this gym's not for me. And, you know, they go in their own way and that's fine. Uh, just because I really try to keep it quality over quantity approach. You know, obviously I have to hit numbers from a business and practical side of things, but at the same time, you know, if I know my cap is 150 members to do so, like I don't need to go over that 150 members if that's going to deteriorate the quality at all. Uh, but yeah, man, you know, it's, it's, it's a grind. And I, th I think a lot of people don't realize how much hard work has to go into it. You're going to have to be selfless in a lot of things. Uh, you're going to have to be on a lot of the time, you know, which is speaking in its own sense. Uh, but if it's something that you want to do and, and you're up for the challenge, it's very, very, very rewarding because you get to help and inspire a lot of people and, and get those people to live better and uh, higher quality lives. So in terms of versions of your facility, is this number three, number four? What kind of, what point of, are you at, at in that story? Yeah. So uh, long story short, I basically started my own brand LLC business about eight or nine years ago. Um, so before that, I was just coaching at local gyms in the area after college and then I really just decided that, you know, I want to do this on my own. Like I, I felt like it wasn't anything against anywhere I was working. It was just like, if I want to do something, I want it to be run the way that I want to run it. 
Um, so I figured the only way to do that is start my own business. So got uh, my first location. And what had happened with that is that the, the structure of the building was not suitable for lifting heavy weight, you know, and I didn't know that until we started getting some guys in there deadlifting 400 some pounds. Um, and it was in a retail space. So the rent was actually pretty high for how much square footage I had. But in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm on a main street in a town. We're going to get a lot of traffic, et cetera. Um, not taking into account that the parking situation was terrible. A lot of it was meter parking. They didn't have a parking garage. Uh, so that was another issue I didn't really foresee. Uh, then on top of that, the structural integrity of the building. So we were uh, next to a tattoo shop. You and the way the building was set up is one of the, the like, I guess, an I-beam or, or like a, a big, long beam that connects the two buildings together, right? Whenever we dropped weight, it was felt on the other side. So imagine being in a tattoo shop and you have some maniac dropping, a, you know, deadlifts and the walls are shaking and this person's tattooing you. Maybe they jump. I don't know. I don't know. I felt terrible about the whole situation, uh, but it also sucked because, we were just opening up the business, right? I had about 65 people that had pre-signed up for this gym that I had to tell them this location is not going to work. Um, and then it took me about a, maybe less than a year, maybe six or seven months to find a second location, um, which seemed seemed awesome, more in the direction that I wanted to go. It's more like a garage style. It was pretty gritty. I'm not going to lie. Looking back, I think it was a little bit too gritty because it used to be like a like an auto mechanic place. Um, now, the issue with that was there weren't any bathrooms and we didn't have an office. So I was going to build the office and build the bathrooms for that location. And I'm waiting and I'm waiting for the township to approve things. And they're not getting back to me. So then I go to my landlord and he said that it's the township. I go to the township. They say it's the landlord. So I'm kind of like, hey, what, what's going on here? Like this whole thing isn't rubbing me the right way. So finally, I go to the landlord. and I was like, dude, like, is this going to work or not? And long story short, he was planning on putting a business of his own in a space that was next to mine. Uh, and in order for him to do that, there wouldn't have been enough parking spots allowed for both businesses to be there. So he basically, I, I could just tell right away, was going to tell me this isn't going to work. And I said, that's fine. Like, I just wish you told me sooner so I could figure this out. Uh, and that was kind of a real kick in the balls when that happened. You know, this is like my second failed location, essentially. You know, I'm putting out this marketing information. People probably think I'm some sort of joke and it's very embarrassing. You know, my head was in a really bad place. And I really thought that that was kind of the sign, like, you know, dude, like maybe this isn't going to work. Um, and then I remember looking for some locations. Nothing was what I was looking for. It wasn't in the right area. And that was kind of another red flag where, I was like, dang, man, like, I think it's time to pack it in. And then, of course, like, straight up out of a movie, I get a call from my realtor, and they were like, yo, we got one more location. Like, we really want you to check this out. And it was, like, a weird time. It was, like, 6 or 7 p.m., which I was like, dude, I don't want to get in my car and drive right now to go see this, you know, being, like, just in the mindset that I was at the time. Uh, but I went against, you know, my, my thoughts. I was like, okay, so I hop in the car, and, you know, we, we come up to this location. It's 5,000 square feet. It's a lot cleaner looking than the, the last place that was the auto mechanic shop. You know, there's no structural problems. Um, and I was like, dang, like, like, I think this is it. So uh, within two months, I basically got everything that I had into this place. And looking back, man, like kudos to the people that joined the gym when I first opened up because it looked like a bare bones facility. Like you, there was like nothing in there uh, besides white walls and a couple mats and a couple barbells. Uh, but, you know, they, they followed me and they believed it in what I was trying to do. So, you know, that, that's fantastic. And those people have a special, special place in my heart. Um, so that ended up being the lion's den. Now, what I forgot to say actually was before all this, I was training out of my garage. Uh, so I ended up having about a hundred people, come and go through my garage. And that's when I realized it's a little bit of a shady kind of business setup, especially when you have like kids going in through my garage door and like close their garage door. I was like, I can only imagine people that are watching like, you know, this man open a garage door, watch little kids come in, me close the door and just, I don't know. It was just, I was like, I gotta make this legit. That's kind of, you know, what led to everything else that I just mentioned. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's been a journey for sure. I'm just a very, a uh, hard-nosed kind of guy when it comes to just trying to do the things that I want. Maybe I'm I'm half stupid, probably a mixture of both. 
Um, and I also didn't really have any other option too. you know, like there wasn't anything else that I could see myself potentially doing besides probably joining the military at the time. Other than that, I was like, I was so set on this. There was really no plan B. Like I had to make this happen. And uh, that's the mindset that I had going into it. I, it's, it's great. Cause I'm, I'm hearing like a lot of similarities. It's funny you mentioned the garage, right? Cause before I moved out to Ohio, I was training athletes out of my garage too. Same sort of idea. Garage door would open, kids would come in, garage door would close. You hear loud banging and music and it's like, nobody knows what the hell is going on. Right, right. It was just chaos, man. But it's so funny because that I learned and there were days where, man, I'm like, oh, I miss that garage. Like, I miss that. Like, when you're first starting, it's like, this is this is my little space. It was 500-square-foot garage. It was like a double garage. It was everything I needed. And But it was it was so empowering because this was yours. Like, and, and, I, and I see that with you. is like, you just like to have these things that are like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this my way. I'm going to do this how exactly I see it in my vision, and I'm going to just go for it. And that's kind of how I fell into this space too. I was, I was training a, a client of mine uh, before I moved to Ohio. We kind of lost touch and then I connected back with him and he ended up just having the space. So like if I hadn't taken him into the garage, if I hadn't done all the work prior to, that relationship wouldn't be there to be in the space where I'm at now. I mean, 1,600 square feet is all I need. Like that's, that's pretty much where I'm at. But it's, it's amazing to like, I will sit there at night. I'll just be like, holy shit. I'm like, this is wild, man. Like Dave hooked it up with some equipment. I bought some equipment from elite. I, like I got another coach in there. So now we're kind of splitting the, splitting the cost of shit. And it's, and it's great. And it's like, I feel like I am just starting fresh, starting clean, being able to really develop something awesome. And I'm taking a lot of what you've done is like, using the space to make videos, wanting to bring people out. I would love to get you out there. Let's make some stuff over there when you get some time. But like, it's one of those things where I, I want people to experience what we got to experience at Elite, right? It was like, go there, make videos, train, learn stuff, meet cool people, eat food, drink too much caffeine. Like that's where I'm at. Like it's such a cool experience. And when we ran the seminar at your place, and I know you, you're still running seminars at your place, it's like the people that come out love, love gaining knowledge, love gaining insight, love just like I'll get reached out from the people that showed up for that day. Like that, uh, Cody, Cody constantly messages me all the time and he made me sign a 45 pound plate that he bought at the Arnold. I was the first so one, cool. right? So cool. And it's And it's just an amazing opportunity to, you know, meet these people and have an impact and it's like, all we want to do is just help. It's like, all we want to do is just teach people, like help people get stronger, teach people things that has helped us or that we never learned the right way, that we learned the wrong way that we don't want anybody else to do. But it's really cool to see your progress as a coach, a business owner, as you know, everything that you're doing and, and how it's grown and how it's developed. And I know from a, a personal relationship that we have, just like how hard you work and how hard getting rolling is like I like putting videos out on YouTube. I was doing that stuff with elite, but like when you're on your own, man, it's like, Ooh, I, I give you credit for doing it for so long. Like just recording the videos, coming up with the ideas, editing, putting them up there, social media. Like those are all in big corporations, individual jobs. <laughs> those are all full-time jobs. And for you to be able to kind of balance that, it's just awesome to see. So not only are you a friend of mine, but you're an absolute inspiration in terms of how I kind of want to direct a lot of the stuff I'm doing is I see what you do. I see what Juji does. I see what everybody that I've been able to meet and build up these relationships with. And it's like, damn, I got some cool friends. I want to be like my cool friends. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Thank you. And the, uh, the inspiration and respect is mutual there, man. Like it's cool when you see someone going, you know, around the same journey that, that you've taken, like, you know, uh, the guts and the heart and the dedication that it takes to, to do that. So I, I really commend you on that, man, because it's no easy task, uh, but I know you're going to succeed. And I, I think what's cool, like I said, just about you and I is we have those resources. We've been able to work with so many people. We've been able to ask them questions on what's worked, what hasn't worked, or you know, what do you like about their facility and their style? What could you take away and, and make it your own in a sense? And that's all I've ever done. Like when you come here, 
you know, I've drawn inspiration uh, from Elite FTS, from Juji's Place, from Alan Thrall's gym on Team Strength. You know, uh, a lot of those guys who are my buddies, you know, I, I've just, like I said, it's the same thing as training knowledge, right? You, you start taking business ideas um, on how they run their business, their training philosophies, et cetera, and then you just you kind of make it your own. Uh, but it's, it's never, never ending. It never stops. Uh, you know, th- us doing what we do, there's always pursuit within ourselves to, to, to do more, um, you know, I think in a positive way, right? Like we always are hungry for growth and for knowledge and, you know, how can we continue to provide value, right? Like, I feel like if you kind of ever feel content with where you're at in the sense of that, you know, it all, or things can't be improved upon, that's typically when you start seeing things go downhill from there. Uh, so, you know, I've done a lot of things wrong, done some things right. And, you know, I just continue to try to go on that track and, really the backbone of it all is just helping as many people as possible and communicating things in, in a way that, you know, I can, uh, which may be a little bit different than somebody else, but maybe it clicks with those people versus, you know, somebody else. And that's what makes it a beautiful thing is because you can have the same message told a hundred different ways and a hundred different people are going to take it differently and what works for them and what doesn't work for them. Um, you know, so it's fun, man. It's a really cool journey. And, uh, you know, I'm just happy to be a, a part of it. And, uh, and I'm pumped for you as well, my man. Well, yeah, man, I appreciate that. But what sort of things are you kind of working on in the next like couple of years, couple of months? Because I know you got a lot of big projects probably underway, but I wanted to uh, really dig deep into like, what direction do you see yourself going? Because again, it's like you have it, you have the gym space, you have the online space, it's like, how can you continue on in a direction that really fulfills you, that really, you know, fires you up? Because I see you doing so many things and it's like, I get inspired to see like, all right, what's Joey doing? Like every time I see a post from him, like, what's he working on? What's, what's going on? And it's funny because Instagram has now gone from like this social media platform and, and now it's like checking in on my friends and what they're doing. Like, it's such a different, like, it's not like the thing that it used to be. Now it's like, business it's really more about it like an email than any anything else for me right right yeah so recently um i've redone my website to just update it make it more friendly um in terms of online stuff so i I started using a training app uh which people can subscribe to so just having different options of of products essentially so it's like if you want an a la carte program you can buy it, you know, one-time fee when it comes to a training app, you pay a monthly subscription, but you now have the software that an app provides with a lot of ETL and integrated things uh, that make it, you know, very valuable in a sense. Um, You know, so just giving them them options, you know, especially right now, even with our economy, right? Like our economy is not a good place. So I find from a business perspective, what I like to do is figure out, okay, you know, what are your goals and needs? And almost like, how can I find the right package that fits that in a sense? So that's been primarily what I've been focusing on and like doubling down, like, okay, I have the physical location, right? So if people are local, you know, what kind of packages can we center around that, right? Like we have tier one, two, and three. When it comes online, same thing, tier one, two, and three. Um, you know, so, so just dabbling in, in over the years, I've kind of said I've done a lot of things and I've really figured out what works and what hasn't worked in a sense. So I'm just trying to do more of the things that work. Um, when it comes to me personally, I love collaborations. Like I think that's such a, that, that just brings like so much joy to me is working with other uh, knowledgeable coaches or content creators. People get to watch an authentic, uh, real relationship, you know, firsthand and be there with us and learn and grow from us. So you know, I think that's cool to take people along in the journey. So I try to do that with all the content that I put out and just, you know, think of things like what I'm going through and how that can help other people. So I try to put content out in that way, in that regard. Um, but really for right now, it's just trying to grow the brand, grow the message, you know, do it with the people that I enjoy being around uh, because I'm a believer that everybody can win. You know, I think if you get to the top and you don't have people with you, it's a lonely place to be. So I like to, to try to bring those people up to the top with me. Um, and that way everybody wins and we can all work together. Like I, I just love collaborating in that regard. Um, something I'm trying to do a little bit more of uh, outside of the sports stuff, because that's kind of just grown 
that was that was something that popped up. I didn't really realize was going to happen, and it kind of just evolved and grew, which is really cool. But it's going to be getting you know more athletes in the gym. Like I'm running a performance camp all summer, basically, which I get to work with the young bucks. Uh, and that brings a lot of joy to me is just working with the guys that are hungry, that want to get better and teaching them all the things that I wish that I knew when I was their age and setting them up for success. Uh, so I've been doing that. And then on top of that, I've been collaborating with some cl- uh, clinicians, you know, who have background in, you know, rehab or pain stuff and then bringing the strength training stuff together, you know? So one of these big projects I've been doing for a while with a guy named Luke, who's out of the UK and he was actually a client of mine. Um, but basically we're working on, you know, back rehab or shoulder rehab type of programs where we have the up-to-date evidence research stuff with practicality and anecdotally what we've noticed works for us and what the clients we work with, um, getting them the rehab that they need in a program and then transferring them back into their routine uh, strength training. So you know, just a lot of different projects here and there. Like I said in the beginning when you and I were just talking, a little bit more of my focus right now has been the physical location, um, you know, just because it ebbs and flows, right? We, I got the online to a point where I'm happy with for right now, and then now I just want to put a little TLC into the physical location, the community, and the people that are inside there. Um, and then, you know, just trying to, to double down on, on everything else. You know, I'm, I'm just a big advocate of community. Like I started a Discord server, which used to be almost like what a Facebook group would be. Uh, but the Discord server is just phenomenal for, for getting people all around the world together uh, to be able to help them and share information, you know, with those people and create relationships and bonds. Uh, and then I can use either the gym as a location for people to come and meet up. Like next month we have a Discord meetup. So anyone from the Discord, we're coming and we're training, we're hanging out, doing a whole day here. I could also do it when I travel. Like if I come out and hang out with you, I could be like, yo, Discord event. You know, we're going to Sam's gym. If you guys are in the area, come and train with us and hang out. You know, because I think a lot of people forget or maybe forget, but they don't realize like I'm a normal ass dude. Like when you and I hang out, like I'm a normal guy, you know, regardless of what anybody else thinks about me. Uh, I'm just someone who I want people to enjoy when they're around. I want them to get the same person that they're listening to right now in person. And I feel like I do a pretty good job of that. Uh, and, and I just, at the end of the day, I always remember, like, it's, it's about the people that help you and, and make this all possible. So you got to make sure that, you know, you're, you're, you're still catering to them and you're not forgetting about them. Uh, it just makes everybody feel good. Yeah, it, it this does feel very similar to like all the other conversations that we've ever had, like over burgers and bourbon at that restaurant, right, right on uh, in Ohio. There, like it was, it, and I do, I applaud you for like you on camera is the same you off camera, which I think is a very strange thing for people to realize. Is that I same thing for me? Is like people meet me, they're like, "Oh, you're like the same on camera." It's like, yeah, because that's just me. Like, I don't know how else to be. Like, I don't have this big, like, you know, fake character that I'm trying to uphold. Because first off, that's exhausting. Like that, sure. I couldn't imagine what that would be like. But I think at the end of the day, is being that authentic version of you to in every interaction is is freeing. But it also gives people a real clear picture of like, all right, this guy genuinely cares like if someone wants to hire you as their coach it's like this guy is going to take the time to get to know you to help you get better and to understand how he can use his particular skill set to get you to where you want to be like i i think the world of online coaching can get so clouded with just this like false promises and, and like lack of human connection so again i applaud you for keeping that human connection in everything you're doing the discord server, which I think is a great idea, which I, I definitely need to get in on that. I love that you have the app. I love that you are just allowing, you know, the, the market to kind of dictate the offerings that you have is like, if there's, if there's somebody that's like, I just need a, I just need a program on how to get better at an overhead press. It's like, Oh, fine. Like Joey's got that. Like we're there. Like he, he's one of the best pressers that I know. So it's like, why would I not tell somebody that wants to get better overhead press to go check out this program. And it's a great mm-hmm. gateway for them to not only learn from you, but gain a little bit of your experience, but also as a gateway to greater exposure to the cool things that you do, whether that's the discord server and meeting in person, or if they're in your area, becoming a member of your gym, like it's such a good idea to have the internet 
as a place to collect things and ideas and, and distribute things, but also own your hometown. Like be great where you live. I know, I think it was DeFranco that was saying that he was like, be an all-star in your hometown and then worry about everything else after that. Right. Be the guy where you live. And a lot of this other stuff will kind of sort itself out. Yeah. And then two things popped up with everything you were just saying. Um, the first one is what I'm trying to establish is just what you said, being the, the hero in the hometown where it, it's still to this day where there's a lot of people that don't know about the lion's den. And to me, it's like, I want people to know about this place. Like I want people who should be here to be here. So that's kind of where this, this more recent season of business has been like on the physical location. Cause so I think more people obviously online know about me, but not many people in my hometown. So, you know, having that coaching gig is huge. I'm doing a lot more interaction with the local community, small business development, stuff like that, networking, um, just because I, I do want to do that in the sense that, you know, I want to get people in here to see what we're about and to get the value that I know that they can get. Um, the other thing from a business perspective, and I'm not trying to make this all about business, but when we have things like, like COVID, for example, right, people who only had a brick and mortar business and no online business really suffered or weren't prepared for that. So I'm not to say, not going to say that that's not going to happen again, uh, but you should probably be prepared for if it did happen again, right? Like don't minimize your exposure just to having one basket, right? Like that's why I said earlier, like I like having multiple baskets um, just because if something like that did happen, there's other revenue streams. And, and there's also a lot of data that you can get from doing other things. Like just, like I said, see, seeing a, okay, you know, if we try this app thing, how's it doing, right? Can we still have an app and have a la carte programs, right? Does that work? You know, and if they don't, then it's just like, hey, we tried this. We now collect data and we, we start back on the drawing board. So it's, it's been a lot, I would say, in the last couple of years of, of doing that. Um, but it's been very telling and a lot of evidence I've collected, which is helping me with what I do right now. In the direction that you're going with the, the clinician and, and like bringing people back from injury is such a pain point in the industry. It, it's something I do as well as I try to connect with local clinicians in the area and say, hey, look, I know XX and Y, like I can help kind of bridge the gap between someone that's too hurt for a regular coach or a trainer and someone that isn't necessarily as, you know, as hurt as they need to be to be just in physical therapy. Right. So, mm -hmm. and it's, and it's cool to see because we just need more people that can help those people. Cause that's, that's where, that's like a big make or break moment for not only just athletes, like coming back from an injury, but gen pop is, is, I don't know how many people you've had a conversation with that are like, ah, I just always have low back pain. It's like, why? Why, like, why aren't we doing what we can as coaches and as in the clinical world? Like, why aren't we helping people feel better? And just because they are out of pain doesn't mean that they are structurally sound enough to live the long, happy, healthy life. It's like, if they just hurt a little bit less, moved a little bit more, kind of, you know, blurred the edges between that clinical world and the, in the training world, I think a lot of people would feel better. Because how many, I mean, I'm sure it's having conversations with the, the clinician you, you work with. It's like a lot of these symptoms, a lot of these things are pretty easy to fix if we get the behavior changes in order. If we really get them to understand that their pain is their responsibility to kind of fix. It's, it doesn't matter how good of a PT somebody is, how good somebody is with like manual therapy or this and that. It's like you still have to put the right inputs into the machine to get the outputs that you're looking for. So even to be able to have those conversations with clinicians makes you a better coach because now you understand a little bit of their world. You can have better conversations. You can bridge the gap and you can kind of help more people. And I think that is such a great place to be because everybody hurts. It doesn't matter who you are. You're a high level athlete. You're going to get hurt. It's, it's just a matter of time. So you need to have the right people in your corner. And, and if you're in the area of the lion's den, it's like, stop in and see Joey. Like, He's, he's doing the work to help more people, doing the work to help everybody kind of that comes through that door. He's He gives a shit about them. It's not a giant commercial space where you're just a name in a, in a key fob, right? You're a real person that comes in, that Joey wants to help, that his team wants to help, and that you will get the service and, and you know everything that you're looking for. And I think we just need more of that. 
it's like, that's what I wanted to open up around here. Cause it, we have some training areas up here that are pretty good. They got like the high end equipment, they got everything you need, but like, I don't give a shit. They don't really care about the people that come in. They really just are, you know, collecting memberships or gout, honestly gouging on personal training and not providing them like an educational component to it, to allow them to grow and develop as, as athletes or as clients. And it's, it's depressing. <laughs> it really is. And it's frustrating because you see so many people that don't know how good things can be because they've never experienced it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's a ton of things to hit on with that. I think the first one is just being able to drop your ego as a coach and realize that maybe you don't know everything and realizing that you can only benefit yourself and others by learning and also, um, you know, basically collaborating with the people that maybe fill a spot that you don't necessarily have the knowledge with. So, you know, right off the bat, it's like, you know, doing this, this whole rehab program, you know, I'm learning a lot too, right? Like, so if I, if you're afraid to learn, or if you have too big of an ego, you got to learn to drop that, you know, because it could be holding you back from a lot of things that could benefit you, you know, long-term in the future. Uh, but yeah, I, I totally agree, man. And yeah, that's why I'm pumped about kind of that project with, with the back pain thing we have going on right now. You talk about the biopsychosocial model. The guy is also, uh, you know, a, a university professor, so it's cool that it's, you know, a project in the sense of I'm kind of the strength training portion of it. At the same time, we're integrating how everything from the, the pre-rehab, you know, um, biopsychosocial model affects things and, and trying to, like you said, educate people. Um, because even like my philosophy with coaching per se is I don't always want to be holding your hand, right? Like, like I want you to hire me because you have specific goals. Uh, and then once you attain those goals, like if, if you're good on your own, like you, you go and do your thing. I'm always here if you need me, but I'm not the guy who's like, Hey man, we got to re-sign you up for another 12 month package, bro. Like I need to keep making money off you and, and, and sucking you dry. Like that's, that's never been my approach. It's always like, you know, I'm a tool and a resource. Uh, but a lot of the clients that I have when they work for me for a long period of time, you know, I, even I'm the one who's like, yo, I think you're good now. Like, like, I think you understand, like, like you have a, uh, whatever's month of programming, right. I've explained it to you, like the different, you know, formats or, or block structure. Okay. This is how this works now. Try it on your own. You know, if you get stuck, like I'm always here, but I think if you hold someone's hand the whole time, they never realize what they can do on their own or realize their own potential necessarily. So you kind of have to have that relationship in the sense um, where you're giving them the confidence to be able to do it on their own and continue on long after they're done with you, right? Because if you're just trying to be that coach that is either holding things back from your client or trying to upsell them continually, uh, I think you're doing a disservice to yourself and to that that athlete or, or client that you're working with in general. Uh, so yeah, man, totally agree. Man, time, time flies when we're having fun. So we've been recording for about an hour or so. Uh, I like to cut these around an hour. Just I like to give them like bite-sized chunks of information and, and kind of go from there. But Joey, man, I can't thank you enough for your time. I can't thank enough for your knowledge and, and what you do for the community. It's, it's great because it, it allows me to have that sort of, you know, when I'm having a shitty day and I'm, I scroll through Instagram and Oh, Joey's still doing it right. Right. Like I, I, I still see guys doing it right, doing the right thing, you know, making absolute stud athletes, helping people learn about their sport, learning about their performance, just getting better, healthier, happier. And it's, it, it's invigorating. Right. So every time we talk, I always get fired up. There's always another project I end up starting to just, there's always something going on. So I truly appreciate it, but floor is yours. Last few minutes, anything you want to say, anything you want to kind of share to the audience, it's all you. Oh man, I just I really appreciate you having me on. You know, we're we're homies, so this is always a, it's an easy yes to get on here and chat with one of my friends. You know, I'm super proud and pumped of you for everything you're doing. So, you guys are listening to this. You know, Sam's the man. He knows what he's talking about. Whether it comes to to just prehab, rehab type stuff, strength training, he's very similar to myself and his is you know assortment of skills to help you get where you want to be. He also has a ton of connections that, you know, he can put you in the right place uh, for a lot of people. Uh, but, yeah, guys, if you want more on me, you can just follow me on Zat Strength, S-Z-A-T, then the word strength. I'm pretty much all platforms at this point. 
Uh, but I'm just always down, like to communicate, to, to help you guys out in any way. Obviously, we offer programs. We have the physical location. We have our Discord server, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, check it out. See if you like it. If you do, stick around. If not, I am not offended. I'm just happy to be here and uh, happy to help as many people as we can uh, together. And, you know, keep training hard, right? Like, if you guys are, are listening to this, you know, you're in it for the long haul, okay? It's not going to be um, – easy all the time okay you're gonna have highs and lows but just remember that cliche term you know it's about the journey not the destination okay so just try to, to keep that head up and just be grateful to have every day that you do to be able to train do what you do uh, and realize you know that it's uh it's a journey baby it's 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 gonna be gonna be ups and downs but the, the point is you get the opportunity to do so couldn't have said that any better myself man Perfect. Um, yeah, guys. So thank you very much for checking this episode out. I'll put all of Joey's links down below. And then we'll, uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, shoot them over. But yeah, can't thank you enough, Joey. Much appreciated. And for everybody listening, appreciate you guys checking it out. And we will see you in the next one.